introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Protectors Podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown, joined, as always, by two of the smartest men on Vikings Twitter. Good doctor. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I am. It's. I'm starting to get, I've watched enough Jameis Winston tape over the last, like, two weeks to realize I'm really ready for the season. Boy, watching the Jameis tape. I, I, I traded for him in Dynasty. So we'll, we'll I'm talk a Jameis apologizer. Okay. Yeah, good. I like. I think Jameis is a good player. All the people that conf- can confirm my biases, the people that I need to keep around me. So good <laughs> stuff. Nick, my man, how you doing? How you been? I'm good. You know, I as somebody who holds a Juris Doctor, that is a, a doctoral degree, so it's not incorrect to call me Dr. Nick Olson. You know, just throw that oh, out there. Oh, boy. Dr. Doctor, <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Well, now I know. I have been told. And uh, just since, you know, I messed up the introduction, Nick, we will we will start with you. You can talk about my favorite quarterback in the entire NFL and the New York football giants who will be playing in the fifth week of the 2019 season. How do you see that matchup going? And uh, yeah, how do you think the Vikings are going to do? I feel like Eli Manning always has the most struggles the most uh, with the Vikings. It's like absurd. Every I feel like... Uh, the Vikings, whether it's Mike Zimmer or pre-Mike Zimmer, they just really struggled with the Vikings. Um, so this is a game in New York, but I mean, the Giants uh, weren't good last year and they got worse. Um, you know, they traded away Odell Beckham, uh, who is a problem, uh, who is one of the more threatening receivers in the league, definitely. Um, and um, they just haven't done a lot to get better and to be more threatening than they were last year, which wasn't very much. So um, you know, this is probably too early in the season for Daniel Jones to have taken over uh, for Eli Manning based on, I think, the chatter and what we're hearing. I think Eli Manning is still going to start the season as the starter. Um, so this is going to be the, the uh, desiccated husk of Eli Manning trotting out, trying to take on Mike Zimmer's defense, which I don't think that bodes very well. Um, and, and defensively, you know, they're probably better than they performed on defense last year. Um, you know, they added all that talent in, what was that, the 2016 offseason. Um, so they could uh, they could surprise a little bit on defense, but I don't think it's going to be enough to um, to overcome. So while I do think, you know, there's the, the minus three built in for playing uh, in uh, MetLife Stadium, I would I would still take the Vikings in this matchup. Okay, Eric, do the, yeah. do the Giants have any chance? Oh, the Giants surely have a chance. I mean, but they're not favored in this game. Um, by our perspective, I think I'd give the Vikings up or have the Vikings laying a field goal on the road, which, as Nick said, you're talking more about a touchdown on a neutral field. The thing about the thing about the Giants, which is interesting, and this doesn't necessarily mean anything for this season, but they were more efficient passing the football last year than the Vikings were, um, despite how bad Eli Manning Come back, was. Pat Shermer. 
And, and right. I mean, I think it speaks to Pat Shermer and how good he is because last season they did not have a good offensive line. They somewhat addressed it this year uh, with the trade. Uh, they traded Olivier Vernon for one of the Cleveland guards that's escaping my mind right now. Um, they obviously had soldier who struggled last year. Will Hernandez, everybody, the, the Vikings wanted him. So they're starting to build that a little bit. Um, you know, they, you know, they, they look like they want all these slot receivers with Golden Tate and, and Sterling Shepard. They don't really have a threat on the outside. So without Odell Beckham, I don't necessarily mean, I don't think that that, that them being more efficient passing than the Vikings means anything more than another dig at Kirk Cousins. But the, <laughs> they, they certainly weren't like the worst last season. And Pat Shermer's done a lot of good work with bad to mediocre quarterbacks before. Um, so there is a chance if Daniel Jones is playing this game, you know, Zimmer tends to really mess with rookie quarterbacks or Eli Manning's playing this game. There is a chance that they can be respectable. Um, to me, it all points to at this point in the season, how healthy are the Vikings? How healthy is the Vikings defense? Um, how, you know, how good is their offense at this point? Um, but as we saw, you know, when they went to New York and played the Jets last season, they can win these road games in windy, hostile environments. They just have to go out and do it. But I do think that the Vikings win this game. Um, and, you know, among their games this season, it's one of the, sort of the lower total games. So I think it's probably going to be one of those games where they win, you know, 24-14 or something like that uh, pretty handily. And, and as Nick said, the Vikings have always had their way with, you know, from like the oh, ever since the 41 donut, they seem to have won in Giants Stadium uh, relatively frequently down to the Darren Sharper three interception game or the one the one year where they beat them and they the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. The Vikings have always had a lot of luck uh, at MetLife other than the Josh Freeman game. So a couple things here. Uh, I'm not sure if I heard this correctly, but it sounds like you said Eli Manning played better than Kirk Cousins last season. Is that is that what you were actually saying? Or just that the complete context of the offense made their offense better than the Vikings offense last season? Yes, I mean, I think in either in either case, I think like what it says is that, you know, the Vikings passing offense last season was not very good. And, you know, whether it, so Eli Manning a season ago averaged seven point five yards per pass. He had actually 200 more pass or actually had more pass. He had one more passing yard volume wise than Kirk did. Kirk averaged seven point zero. So every time Eli Manning got rid of the ball, it was point five yards more per attempt than, than Kirk. Um, also, because of sacks and things like that, expected points, Eli Manning's Giants did better than the Vikings. Now, that says probably more about the offensive coordinator, the surrounding offense, et cetera, et cetera, than it does uh, just the difference between those two players. But it does, it does tend to sort of straighten out this idea that, oh, you know, this is the best quarterback we've had since – Jim McMahon or Warren Moon. It's no, it's Kirk was not very good last year. Like, and, and so he's going to have to rebound uh, if this team's going to be good. And I also noticed that neither of you mentioned Saquon Barkley. How does that happen? <laughs> right. Well, I think Barkley, all Barkley does is, I mean, I think the Vikings and the Giants have a similarly strong running back core, frankly. So if both of those running backs are healthy, I think they're both basically equally talented so hence like i don't really like mention because it doesn't really matter and if barkley's 10 percent better than dalvin cook that might be true but it's not going to be 10 percent more of an output on the field so that's kind of the reason 
I mean, I, I'm high on Dalvin Cook as high as I can be on a running back. Mm. Yeah, that's a bold that take putting him putting him above Saquon, but I respect it. We're writing that down. Eric said nice things about the running back. We're going to keep it moving before he can take it back. <laughs> All right, so on to the next one here. Uh, Eric, talk to me. Philadelphia, the uh, the darling of the analytics community for a little while there. Uh, play them at home. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, I, I have the Vikings as short favorites in this game, you know, about a point. Uh, and again, that sort of demonstrates they're at home. So Philly's probably better than them on a neutral field. However, there's a lot of uncertainty with Philadelphia, right? Carson Wentz, in many ways, PFF grade, or whether it was like, you know, just like the composition of his throws, was a better player last season in the games he played than in 2017, where many had him as an MVP candidate. A lot of what Philadelphia did in 2017 was run, run, pass. And luckily, they had the quarterback who could complete third and long passes, which we know are fleeting. Um, last season, they weren't quite as efficient, weren't quite as lucky on third down, and their offensive production didn't seem to follow suit with how good Wentz played. So Wentz was, I think, pretty good last year, all things considered. Of course, the question is, is is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be worth that investment? Because that Philadelphia Eagles team is stacked. They have, you know, Deshaun Jackson coming back uh, into the fold. They already have, you know, Nelson Aguilar, who was a brilliant slot player in 2017, had to play a little bit more in outside in 2018 when they got their hands on Golden Tate. He's not good there. He put him back there. Alshon Jeffrey is, I think, one of the more underrated receivers in the league. Then you got the two tight ends, and then you have the, you know, the running back stable that, you know, none of those guys are brilliant, but every one of them can do their own thing. And then their offensive line, I think, bookend by two pretty damn good tackles. I mean, that's a solid offense. And then you go to the other side of the ball, and they do some pretty cool things defensively. Last season, they lost a lot of their secondary, and we saw the importance of coverage because when they lost their secondary players, they couldn't cover anybody. But they also, but when their secondary is doing well, we saw in their Super Bowl year, that allows their pass rush, which is many players deep, to come in and get the quarterback. And so they're they're one of the strongest teams in the NFL this season, certainly one of the strongest uh, in the NFC. And I think they'll give the Vikings fits here, but you know, Vikings playing at home, that's worth quite a bit. And again, the Vikings, you know, they're not quite as good as the Eagles, but that home field advantage will give them a shot in this one. All right, Nick, how you feeling? Are you as confident that that home field will pull us through on this one? You know, I'm not. I was just rewatching uh, some of the all 22 of the Eagles game today because uh, I was going back and looking at um, my cues. Um, and I was surprised at uh, we won that game, but I don't think we were the better team at all that game. Uh, got some very lucky breaks, including everybody remembers that Linval Joseph uh, interception return for a touchdown. Um, I agree with Eric. I think the Eagles are top to bottom one of the most talented teams um, in the NFL. Um, what's really interesting, though, is I think they're, the bulk of their talent is at the less valuable positions. Um, you know, they've got just top to bottom a phenomenal offensive line, including the drafted Andre Dillard. Um, uh, who, I, you know, I, I, I love him. Um, so I, I think um, they're, they're great there. And then the defensive line, Fletcher Cox, you know, but were, were it not for Aaron Donald, I think Fletcher Cox would be talked about the way we talk about Aaron Donald. Derek Barnett, they, they lost Chris Long, but who's a phenomenal pass rusher as well um, into retirement. But they're just so deep there with Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham. And it's just like ridiculous how many guys they have there. Um, but 
the positions that matter, quarterback, secondary, I uh, don't really think they have a star wide receiver one, although I think Deshaun Jackson, Elshon Jeffrey, um, and the way they use their two tight end sets um, kind of sets them up to have a lot of talent there. Um, but so it, it's, it's, it's an interesting proposition, the way they've built their roster, the way they've invested it. Um, and then on top of that, I think Doug Peterson's one of the better play callers. Um, and um, they got one of the better defensive coordinators as well. Um, so uh, they're a team that scares me. Um, I would, I don't know, I would probably pick the Eagles to win this game because just because I think uh, they're just more talented and they are well coached as well. So, um, you know, I think that's enough to overcome the three point um, bonus you give to the home team here. But, you know, I could see it going either way. I, w- I wouldn't have picked the Vikings to beat the Eagles last year either, and they did. So who knows? All right. Disagreement. That's what we like. And now we're going to take a quick break here before we get into the last couple games of the first half of the season. All right. We're back. Now we're going to talk about the uh, the Detroit Lions. Viking, Vikings, excuse me, traveling to Detroit. Nick, what are your thoughts on how this one goes? Yeah, the Lions are kind of the, uh, the redheaded stepchild of the division just because they've literally never won it. Um, and, uh, you know, the the Packers have the, the Rodgers hype. The Bears won the division last year. The Vikings kind of have won it twice in the last couple in the last four years, I think. So um, I think people are sleeping on the Lions a little bit. But at the same time, um, I'm not sure they've done enough to make themselves competitive uh, with the division. Um I don't have a lot of confidence in in Matt Patricia as um, the uh, the head coach. Um, they still have Matthew Stafford as their quarterback, who is kind of comparable to Kirk Cousins in the way he limits you. And um, you know they, they they got rid of uh, their play caller and replaced him, but you know that's another unknown. And I don't think we who um, they had Daryl Bevel, I think. Um, so we know uh, plenty about Bevel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's he's a solid. I I don't know. I don't know if your your data says differently. He's I mean, Vikings fans obviously remember him. Um, he he's solid, but I I don't see that being a uh, um, tipping the scales or anything. Um, I like T.J. Hawkinson a lot, but first year tight ends probably aren't impact players. Um, they've just invested so much in the run and. Um, it's a bizarre and antiquated way to, and not just um, the offensive side and their offensive line and carry on Johnson and everyone else, but also on the defensive side with trading for Damon Harrison. They, you know, their, their whole front four is fantastic at stopping the run, but you don't really think of them as like one of the best um, defensive lines in football, just because all we care about these days is stopping the pass. And I'm not sure outside of, um, outside of Slay that they're very good at that. So, um, I would probably, um, I don't know, maybe this is a push because it's in Detroit, but I do think um, the Vikings are the better team overall. So I don't know how you weight that, but I guess if I have to pick it, I would go with the the, the, the home team because I don't think the Lions are that bad, nor do I think the Vikings are that good. Um, but yeah, I don't have a super, I'm not very high on the Lions this year. Wow, the pitchforks are going to be coming for Nick after this one. <laughs> Eric, my man. So- uh- what do you so think? I almost it's it's strange because I disagree with Nick on the Lions, but I also disagree with him on the pick. Like I think Minnesota should be favored in this game slightly, but a point and a half. 
But I'm actually a little bit higher on Detroit just because I think Matt Patricia has started to mold that defense into what he thinks it looks like. So Justin Coleman from from Seattle, very valuable position in slot corner. He's a very good one. They invested there. Trey Flowers is another guy. He, you know, was very good for New England, instrumental in their Super Bowl winning defenses. He comes in. They already have Darius Slay at corner. Like, I think that that defense is starting to get better. They also have, you know, uh, Ashawn Robinson from Alabama playing inside along with Damon Harrison. Like, I think that that team defensively will be a lot better. Offensively, you know, Marvin Jones is injured a lot last year. They, they took, you know, Golden Tate right out from under them, uh, you know, sort of midseason. Uh, and, you know, then they did focus too much on the run. Hopefully that most of that this offseason is a smokescreen because I do think Matthew Stafford's slightly better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. All that said, again, there's a lot of unknowns in Detroit. A lot of things have to break right for them to have a season like 2016 when they can sort of sweep uh, the, the the Vikings. So here I see the Vikings winning, but only slightly. And I think Detroit, if you're, look, if you're looking to bet on a team to win that division, that will give you a great payout. Um, I think Detroit at plus 600 uh, is a solid play uh, for for the division. I think that they're... I think that they the the market views this team way too much like a division way too much like a three division uh, division. But um, Detroit, I think, still has a chance. And at plus six hundred, I when I bet it a few weeks ago, I thought it was pretty good value. All right, always comes back to those gambling picks, Eric. And thank you. I'm writing <laughs> that one down. One of these are gonna one of these are gonna hit and and put one of the kids through school. Or yes. Something. Even though we don't really have to do that so much up here. School's not as expensive, but, you know, it's nice to say. Get a scholarship so daddy can buy a boat or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, bringing us home here, um, Eric, we'll start with you. Washington Redskins. What are your thoughts on what this team is going to be? And I'm very, very interested in your thoughts on uh, on Dwayne Haskins. You know, I think Dwayne Haskins. So this is, this is the great thing about NFL um, quarterback play is when I comped Haskins, I came up with the average of Kirk Cousins and uh, and uh, Sam Bradford. So I think like I think Haskins is going to be a good NFL starter. I think he's going to be one of those guys that's kind of a pocket passer, efficient guy, but not like an elite guy, right? Now, if Washington had their financial ducks in a row, that would be extremely valuable, right? Because – as we saw with Washington had with Kirk, you know, Kansas City right now with uh, Pat Mahomes, but even like Cincinnati back when they had Dalton on a rookie deal, like rookie deal quarterbacks for guys that are in that Dalton category um, are pretty awesome, right? Like they, they, they can do a lot of good. Now, the issue with Washington is that they have Alex Smith's deal on the books. They've done a horrible job at everything. So hopefully Haskins will be a good player, but the there are some some cards stacked against him here. So you know, again, a rookie quarterback probably coming back to Minnesota um, to face Zimmer. Um, I you know I would have the Vikings as more than a touchdown favorite in this game, um, and and I think that you know the Vikings will probably given you know some of the things that Washington are going for it. Josh Norman being one, those things are getting a little bit older. They got rid of DJ Swearinger in Week 16 last year, even though he's a pretty good safety. So uh, I just I'm just not a huge fan uh, of this Washington team moving forward here. Um, so, you know, I think the Vikings, this is a comfortable one for Minnesota. And and with that said, what are your thoughts on on 
what Washington's done this offseason, because especially coming out of the draft, they were getting a lot of praise. Where do you see those, you know, like all that value that they apparently accumulated? How do you see that playing out in terms of wins and losses for them on the field? Well, I mean, Landon Collins is a good Landon Collins was a good pickup. Um, and and I think that that's, you know, that obscures some of the things that, you know, they struggled with in terms of, uh, you know, the Alex Smith deal and not being able to get that many, um, you know, players, uh, you know, in free agency and everything. But and then again, this is this comes back to my idea of like teams just they're not smart or stupid. They're just are and they make a ton of decisions and some of them look great and then some of them look stupid like Washington. You know, there were there were rumors that that they were going to have to trade up for Haskins, which I think would have been dumb. But then they waited out and they get Haskins at 15 and we're all like, oh, what a brilliant decision by them. And then they come back and trade back into their first round, which is a bad decision, given especially the, the state of their roster. So, like, again, they're just a team that I think, you know, I think the Haskins draft pick is terrific. And I'm really like I'm excited for him and I hope that they can get their sort of ducks in a row. Uh, on that offense so that he can have some success because obviously it makes the league better when quarterbacks, young quarterbacks are good. Um, but overall, I just, you know, I, I struggle, you know, they, you know, they traded their best cornerback last year for Alex Smith and then gave Alex Smith a huge deal. And now he's, you know, basically just eating money for them. Right. They, um, they let like, it's just some random stuff too. Like Ty and Secchi was a good, a good backup tackle. They let him go to Buffalo. They just like, they, they you know, they, they're just struggling a lot of different ways. Um, Zach Brown, again, I believe, you know, went to the, went to the Eagles. He was a great linebacker last year. So, you know, I, I'm just not a huge fan of them overall. And then the roster, uh, especially. Okay. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, this is just not a very good roster. Um, I'm sorry. I'd like Josh Doxson's their, their wide receiver one. Um, Eric Flowers is starting on their offensive line, probably, uh, you know, who's their best defensive lineman? Maybe, I don't know, Jonathan Allen. Um, this is just not a, you know, name 10, 10 Washington Redskins off the top of your head if you can. This is just not a very talented team. I do think Jay Gruden is a, is a good, he's underrated because I think he's um, done a lot with um, not a lot, a lot. Um, if that makes sense, uh, he's, he's had some injured team. You know, we saw this a lot watching the old Kirk Cousins tape, just how much, um, Jay Gruden was able to get out of that offense. So it's, you know, it's not a team with nothing going for it. And they had a very, very good draft, but um, how many of these rookies are going to be starting for them this year? Probably not a ton. Um, and Zimmer always has his way with uh, rookie quarterbacks, especially pre-snap read reliant ones. So, um, and I do think Dwayne Haskins fits that mold a little bit. So this is, um, this is a, this is a game where the Vikings should be heavily favored. Um, that doesn't guarantee they'll win, but it, you know that's where the 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 talent and the um, the matchup seems to be headed. So, okay, there. all right. So, uh, first half of the season in the books, we've made it, we've done it. Uh, Eric, how are the Vikings going to do in this uh, this second quarter of the season? What's the record? Yeah. You know, I think three and one's probably the most likely situation. I think, you know, I have them favored in all four of these games, but we know how the NFL goes. So I would say they, you know, if they don't lose to Philadelphia, they lose at Detroit, right? Um, but I, I think that, or they could lose to the Giants. I think two and two would be a catastrophe in this situation. Um, but three and one's a very, 
who's you know the most likely situation. I think four and zero is certainly uh, in their purview. So I put three and one, which would pay, take me to uh, five and three at the midpoint of the season, which is not too bad. And Nick, where are you at? Yeah, I think I wound up at the same place. Um, you know, we're kind of lucky to play both the Giants and the Redskins and the Raiders in the early part of the season, um, just because those are teams that, uh, you know, it's rare to find NFL teams who are just like not very competitive. They're just sort of because, you know, you don't really tank in the NFL with the way that uh, the coaches and players lose their jobs that quickly. But, yeah, these are not teams that are uh, going to be good in 2019, I think we can say fairly confidently. So, um you know, whether it's in this particular four-week stretch, whether it's the loss comes to the Lions or to the Eagles, or maybe there's an upset with the Giants or Redskins. Either way, I see us going 3-1 in the second quarter of the season and probably 5-3 and three overall heading into, uh, you know, week nine. Well, the key is, is they do need to get to at least 5-3 and three because, as we'll talk about on the next show, the games games 9 through 12, there's a Brutal. distinct possibility they go on four. In at brutal. Kansas City, at Dallas, home to Denver with Vic Fangio, and then at Seattle, where they seemingly can never win. So they better get to at least five and three uh, in these first eight. And that is what we call in, a, in, in the business a tease. Great job, Eric. <laughs> Excellent work. Setting up the next show for us here. Well, before I let both of you get out of here, Nick, I'll start with you. I, I see you there. Like you said, you've been watching some tape. You've been uh, you've been getting out there. You've been posting some clips, getting the threads going. Uh, you have any articles in the work to, in the works that we should be uh, should be looking out for? None that I'm actively working on. No, I mean the great thing about Twitter is that it relieves me of the responsibility of writing these long articles with hundreds of gifs about you know every single dropback that the quarterback has ever done or something. So uh, nothing currently in the pipeline, but um, I'll keep you posted if there is something. I guess I'll just link to some of these threads then in the show notes so you can get your your fix of, uh, of writing <laughs> from Nick. And uh, and Eric, you've been doing quite a bit, it feels like, this offseason. I guess I won't say what, what do you have in the hopper, but what's been the most fun thing for you to work on this offseason? Yeah, well, actually, something behind the scenes that I'm, I wouldn't, you know, I'm pretty proud of, I guess, or, or, may, or maybe frustrated with at this point, is that all of the pro football-focused fantasy content has been built by me this offseason. So, um, and with Jeff Radcliffe, who is our director of fantasy, we've built uh, a new system of player projections and everything. So um, if you if you guys have a pro football focus uh, elite subscription, those projections for fantasy week to week for your DFS or best ball or whatever, those are built by me. That took a lot of work and a lot of effort. And uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. That's kind of like something that you know, we always sort of, we had a different fantasy wing from Greenline from, you know, our normal analysts and like there were, we were having some inconsistencies. So something where I was like, okay, we just need to have one constant theme at PFF where all of our projections are sort of the same. And so that's something I'm pretty proud of. Obviously uh, the coverage, you know, versus pass rush stuff uh, was something I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy got out. I think it was received well. I also think we messaged it pretty well. Uh, And then later, hopefully later this month or next month, we're going to publish basically the methodology for PFF war uh, wins above replacement, which we've been teasing Ooh. about for a few, for a few years. Um, there's a couple things that we had to develop with it uh, to make sure that it was as robust as we wanted to, but uh, that's something I'm pretty excited about. And then, you know, obviously the, the growth of the company is great, like getting to do videos with Solomon Wilcox and, you know, uh, Bruce Gregkowski and those guys. Uh, I do think it's just been a lot of fun uh, at PFF this year. And that is awesome. And uh, 
and we'll, we'll we'll have time to talk about it between now and and this season as we get through it. But uh, I'm I'm really anxious to see, I guess, you know, what comes of all the uh, the player tracking data and, and how all of those data points come together with the data points that we already have to and and what kind of the next things that that uh that you and all the other smart people are able to do to to kind of pull all that together into useful information for us. Yeah, that it's an exciting time to be in football. I think some folks are pulling back a little bit at the team level, but I think on the outside here, there's a lot of momentum. And I think this season will be much like the last one, one where we start to think about the game intelligently and we talk about it intelligently uh, as they happen. I think last season was a great leap in that direction. That's awesome. Gentlemen, as always, uh, thanks for coming on. I get smarter every time I talk to you. Listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, and if you haven't already, make sure you mash that subscribe button to uh, to follow us on over to uh, our new home at uh, the Daily Norseman. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Gentlemen, have a good night. Listeners, we will talk to you soon.